0: Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world change by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. All right. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. It's very cool. All right, so I am kind of doing week two of this um, series that we're in, Imago Dei. Did I pronounce that right? Where's Julia? Was that all right? Yeah, I've got a Greek scholar in the house, so I have to... um, Greek and Latin scholar in the house. All right, so last week, Chris did um, week one, and he talked about how we were created in the image of God, Um, hence the name of our series. And then how that image was corrupted and um, distorted by Adam and Eve's decision to disobey God and turn away from him. So I'm picking up the story from there. Um, So this is the story of the human race. And it's the story of you and the story of me, the story of all of us. And it's a story of how God radically transformed the world and brought life where before there was nothing but death. So, it's a tale of before and after. So, you know, being the 21st century girl that I am, I thought I needed to do my research, and so I googled before and after images, and I came up with a few. Ben, do you want to show us the first one? (laughs) Lovely, isn't it? Okay. Okay. I think Gollum still has a couple of issues he needs to work through, but anyway. Um, And then I found another one. I think this was the most honest one that I found. (laughs) Yep. All right. So, so true, huh? Oh, so true. So, but what we're looking at today is far more important than good teeth or ripped abs. Um, what we're talking about is um, has implica- implications through eternity, and it's talking about death and life and our relationship and image and how we are the image of God, and how we can redeem that image, or how God has redeemed it for us, actually. So that's what we're exploring. So we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians. So if you have a Bible or a phone, uh, you might want to pull that out. Uh, We're going to look at Ephesians 2 in a sec. We're going to... uh, So we're doing this before and after thing. And really what we're looking at is how God takes us from death to life. The first part of that is death. So let's look at it first. Um, now, to be honest, this is a bit uncomfortable because we're going to be talking about some truths that um, are not great, parts of ourselves that are less than glamorous. Uh, my mum would have told me, Mandy, don't wash your dirty laundry in public. I don't know if that's a phrase that is still around, but it kind of means just don't, don't air your, the bad bits of what's going on with you you just got to keep them hidden, but that's not what we're doing tonight. Tonight we have to see the before so that we can really understand how awesome the after is. So we're we're just going to dive in and read about the before, the before God redeemed us. So let's have a look at Ephesians 2. I'm just going to read verses 1 to 3. We were by nature deserving of wrath. It's pretty heavy. These verses tell us what uh, we're like without God. This is the state of humanity after Adam and Eve turned away from God in the Garden of Eden. And it's also the state of us individually if we don't accept and have Jesus as the Lord of our life. We're separated from God. So according to this passage, we were influenced by three things. So let's have a quick look and see what those three things we were influenced by. The first one, then, if you flick to the next slide, there we go, it says that you followed the ways of this world. So, I mean, we're in very much within 21st century Aussie culture, and all of us are influenced by it, aren't we? Uh, it affects the, the, the things we think, the things we do, how we behave, how we re- relate to people. All of that is influenced by the world around us. The second thing that influences us, thank you, Ben, is it says here the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's... Um, a phrase that refers to Satan, or the enemy, or the devil, whatever you want to call him. Newsflash, Satan is real. Satan is alive and kicking, and he is very active today. And he wants nothing more than to keep us away from God, to keep us separated from God. And so we can be influenced by him. Number three, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. So this phrase refers to everything about us that is self-centred. I know I can be pretty self-centred at times, and um, I'm sure all of us can think of times when we're self-centred as well. So it's not just talking about um, sexual immorality or gluttony or things like that that you really link to flesh, but all all of us as a human, as our human nature, our selfishness and how we behave according to that. So I don't know when I look at this, it reminds me of someone who is looking for their identity and their image in all the wrong places. When you're searching for who you are, it's really easy to listen to the messages of this world. It's really easy to uh, just become self-centred and be wrapped up in you and what you want. And it's easy to be led astray by the devil. But we need to find our identity in other places. We need to... make sure our image is formed elsewhere. But wait, there's more. It gets worse. Oh, no. Okay, so according to verse 2, it says we were... Oh, no. Verse 1, I apologise. It says you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So obviously it doesn't mean we were literally dead because people who don't know Jesus, aren't literally dead, but spiritually dead. Before um, people were remade by God, they were spiritually dead. Um, I I was rather surprised. I was reading a commentary um, by a guy called James Montgomery Boyce. He was writing about 40 years ago and he talked about the fact that people that um, in this state are like the walking dead and he actually said they were like zombies I didn't think that was a thing 40 years ago but you know he went on about how um, in this state we are like zombies so they spiritually dead walking around still living life and you know going out to dinner with friends and you know being a normal person but being completely oblivious to God not being able to hear him or see him or respond to him that is the state that mankind is in after the fall and without God. And then it goes on to say, by very nature, we were deserving of wrath. So not only were we spiritually dead, but God, who is pure and cannot bear sin... He doesn't want to be around us. He can't be around us when we are sinful. And so we are deserving of his punishment because of his holiness. Well, you're probably happy to know that I'm not going to stop there. That's not the end of the story. That's the before bit. I told you it was a bit uncomfortable. It was, wasn't it? I kind of lived up to that. But now we get to move to the after. After. So this is the the life part, and to be honest, bits of this are a bit uncomfortable as well, but for a completely different reason that we'll have a look at in a minute. Okay, so we're going to go on reading. Uh, so if we can go to the next slide, I think we've got the there we go. We're going to read verses four to ten in Ephesians two. All right, here we go. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Okay, things are looking a lot better now, aren't they? Now that we've hit the after section. I love that um, the original Greek from this passage... If we can go back up one slide, Ben, to the first half, yeah. Um, In the original um, translation or the the original script, it starts with the words, but God. So we have the before of living... um, of being in sin, separated from God and dead spiritually... And then there is this pivotal phrase, but God. And then there is everything after that. Um, These are such powerful words, but God. Um, Powerful food. It changes everything for you and for me and for humanity. So on these words, we pivot from hopelessness to hopefulness. But God. Let's delve in a little more. So I don't know if you noticed, but in the first part of, the, uh, of this passage, it was very um, focused on individuals, focused on us and how we'd been led astray. It was kind of looking in and down. But um, now after this but God pivot, our eyes are turned up and outward. So much more now the focus is on God and what he's doing for us and our interaction with him. So if we have a look, it says a couple of things about our position now with God. So it says that we are made alive with Christ... It says that we are raised up with Christ and we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. So, this is a description of you. If Jesus is your Lord, all of those things are true of you. You have been made with Christ, you have been raised up with Christ, and you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I find it really hard to wrap my head around those things. As I was uh, preparing this, as I was right sitting at my computer and typing this section up, it was like early in the morning, I was in my really daggy tracky decks that are way too old and you know, have the really baggy knees, you know how tracksuit pants get the really baggy knees when you've had them for too long. I was feeling far from glamorous and I was trying to get my head around the fact that I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I really wasn't feeling dressed for the occasion, I have to say. But it is true. No matter how we feel, what we look like, what's going on in our lives, this is the truth. That God has won the victory for us. That already we are raised up with him and we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Um, Just like Chris said in worship tonight, He really felt as though God wanted us to to really focus in and choosing to believe that we are who God says we are, not who sometimes we think we are. That it's God's it's God's perception of us and God's understanding of us that is important and not how we feel sometimes. We'll come back to that though, later. All right, so with this new after, the new us, after the but God, with him, we have victory over sin and death. We have security. We're found in him now and always. That will never change. And also, in some sense, he's given us authority over creation because we're seated with him, in the heavenly realm, he has delegated some of his kingship and his authority to us. It blows my mind when I when I try to think about this. I have to pause at this point for a minute and say, if you know you, your head gets too big about all this and you start thinking about, well, aren't I good? Then you know, if you know I'm seated with Christ, and gee, I must be pretty cool. That's all good. We have to remember it's not about us. We are not in this after um, situation because of anything we have done. It has nothing to do with how good um, you and I are or not. It is all about God and his grace. It is his gift, not by works but by the grace of God. Can you go to the next slide, Ben, and show us the... Uh, oh, yeah, there's, that's a good slide. No, go back up. I just want to back up. Yes, that's the one. Thank you. All right. It says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. So you can come to church as often as you want. You can uh, give all your money away to the poor. You can just be generally awesome and really good. You can be incredibly nice to your annoying co-worker or sibling. None of those things will get you over the line, will take you from the before spiritual death to the after being right with God and being alive all right god's grace is amazing. One other thing that I want to address is this uh i want to be so I need to pause for a minute so i'm a, I used to be a science teacher science is my thing i'm going to do a kind of an experiment in a minute because once a science teacher always a science teacher, but I need to talk English for a minute, so I'm going to be an English teacher for a minute, all right, but it's pretty, um, it's not too tricky English, so I I think I'll be all right, see how I go, all right, if we look at, do I want to go back up, yeah, can we go to the earlier, yep, all right, this passage is all written in the past tense generally, so these things have already happened. We have already been made alive in Christ. We have been raised up with Christ and we have been seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. So in other words, this has already happened. But there is also a sense um, that things are still in progress. So we are still in the process of stepping into this reality. Um, In the Vineyard, we talk a lot about the now and the not yet, that uh, Christ has won the victory on the cross and yet it won't fully be realised until he comes back again. And so we're in this in-between time where we're a bit of both, aren't we? If you honestly look at yourself, you're probably not going to say that I am completely um, walking in the knowledge and the reality of... Being seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. There's a part of you that's still in the before camp where you're struggling with, with dealing with uh, influences of this world and self centeredness and everything else. And so we're 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 both. Um, and it's going to stay that way until Jesus comes back. We're we're kind of straddling the before and the after, even though in the spiritual realm Christ has won the victory, we haven't walked into it perfectly yet. Um, I've been really reminded of this over the past couple of years. Um, Those of you who know some of my story will know that I've had a pretty tough couple of years, a lot of past two or three years, two years really, um, where God has really undone a lot of my image, a lot of my perception of who I am and what makes me valuable, he has stripped away. Um, So, you know, I, for various reasons, well, okay, two years ago, I was a teacher, I was a mum, I was a wife, I had some uh, health issues and so that took my teaching away I'm fine now, but I'm not able to teach anymore. Through that process, my marriage fell apart, and my boys, I'm still a mum, but I used to be a mum of boys at home. I'm now a mum of young adults, and it's a very different parenthood, as those of you who have kids that have grown up know. Probably also those of you who are growing up know that mums change what they do. Hopefully, theoretically. <laughs> I don't know, it'd be a bit of a worry if we didn't. Um, So, I I have had to... In the midst of all of that being taken away, I've realised that so much of my self-image and my identity was in the things I did. And I've had to relearn that that's not the important stuff about who I am the importance of who I am is that I'm a child of God. And as everything else was stripped away, it's been so painful, but as everything else was stripped away, I have been brought to the reality that the only thing that matters is my identity in Christ. Um, I wouldn't want to redo that journey, but also I wouldn't want to be back where I was two years ago because I know in the core of my being so much more who I am and, and, I, and who I am in him, which is amazing. I've still got a way to go. I, it's a lifelong journey, isn't it? So I'm, it, there's still a long way to go, but he's brought me a long way, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. So I'm aware that as I've been talking... Probably a lot of us have uh, related to different bits and pieces of this. There may be some, um, some of us who say, "Oh yeah, I, I can see that I'm really influenced by society around me, and it, it has more of an impact than I want it to," or, or, or that you're affected by self-centeredness, and you just want to strip that out from yourself a little bit, and it can be really burdensome. So I am. I promised you a science experiment. It's not quite a science experiment, but, you know, it's science-y. So, I have here, hopefully, this worked at home. Hopefully, it's going to work again. This is, I'm calling it the self-image seesaw. So, yes, it still works. Awesome. Okay. So, here we have, this is you or me. I think I'm going to call him Barry the Bear, though. All right. So Barry the Bear is sitting here. All right. Now, all of us, we should have, ideally, a really balanced image of who we are in God. So we don't want to fall too far on the side of uh, really being down on ourselves about all the things that we do wrong and how unworthy we are. We don't want to kind of put ourselves too much in the before camp and really burden ourselves down and so here we go Oop. all right so if you if you like that you know you really tell yourself things that really you know you you believe lies way yourself and it puts your self image out of kilter all down this way or some, t- or some of us might be a bit the other way, that you think you're, you're pretty pretty good, and, you know, God's lucky to have you, really. And, and so you might be a bit this way. Whoop! OK. And so, see, and then our self-image goes this way. And I think the reality of life, actually, is that there are times I have days when I think I'm pretty good, when I make an awesome science experiment, <laughs> and then... Days when, you know, I've said something stupid and hurt a work colleague and then I'm down this way and it's and I spend my life kind of doing this seesaw a bit, you know? So how do we... And that's not what God wants of us, is it? God wants us to have our eyes fixed on him and instead of spending our time thinking about ourselves and where we are on the seesaw... We should be focused on him and we should be kind of have a a sense of stability and a stable image of ourselves. So how do we do that? Well, what we do is another aspect of being seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. It's intimacy. So when we're seated with Christ, when we're right with him, this vase represents Christ... Um, Work with me, all right. Um, When we are seated with him, surrounded by Christ's presence, the seesaw doesn't work. It's stable. It's not going anywhere. Because when our eyes are fixed on him, they're not fixed on us, but they're fixed on him and all he has done for us. And so I think that's my prayer for us tonight. That we can stay fixed, with our eyes fixed on Christ, in his presence. And through that, founded our identity and who we are is rooted and founded and rock solid in him. Uh, the, I think the best image of this intimacy with God, or well, one of the best ones, there are lots, is... The Last Supper, and particularly John at the Last Supper, he, uh, it says in John that he um, reclined with his head resting on Jesus' chest. How awesome is that? Wouldn't you love that, to just be able to rest your head on Jesus' chest and have a chat with him? It's so beautiful. And I found this image of the Last Supper. It's not one of the... Um, classic ones where normally it all, it all looks very formal, you know, and they're all sitting there and, you know, there's, Jesus is kind of glowing and everyone else is standing back. I think this is more what it would have looked like, Jesus surrounded by his best friends. So I'd like to finish, if we can, um, leading a bit of a, kind of a, a guided meditation through this scene. I would like you to put yourself in the scene of the Last Supper and imagine what it might have been like to be there with him. So if you would, I'd like you to stand with me and I will, um, I'll just pray through it and ask you some questions. And I want you to engage your imagination, though, and allow yourself to really enter into this scene. So imagine that you are there at the Last Supper with Jesus and the disciples. What can you see? What can you smell? What can you hear? What's around you? What would Jesus say to you now? As you are there with him, what would he say about who you are? What would he say about how he sees you? Your identity. Does he want to point out any lies that you're believing about yourself, about your identity? Any ways that your seesaw might be off balance? Just invite him in to re center your seesaw, to remake your image of yourself in him. Father God, you are amazing. Your love for us is amazing. You gave everything so that we can have life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that while we were still dead, you chose to do that for us.